0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, September 18th. Happy Super Mario 3D All-Stars Day, everybody. I know I'm going to be trying to do that this weekend. my name, of course, is Javier Reyes with the Video Game References, your host of this year, Locked On Padres podcast. Check out a follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal Twitter account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those accounts. With any uh, questions, comments, or concerns you might have, I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. Uh, And today's show, a little bit different than usual, we're bringing back sports movie madness to a degree. Uh, We recorded this, I think it was uh, two weeks ago, after Chadwick Boson's passing. I rejoined up with uh, John Chick and Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox and Locked On Rangers, respectively. uh, New York Rangers, respectively. And we talked about 42. Uh, a movie that Gabrielle is a big fan of, and we kind of did this, like, fun baseball deep dive into not just the movie, but like baseball culture and stuff, and obviously some of the the race things in the movie and whatnot, and just kind of talking about, you know, whether it holds up and whatnot, and um, I just thought to play that, because I've been really busy this week, so I haven't really had time to talk too much, I guess, about the the Padres, or craft some notes and watch the games as in-depth as I usually do, but don't worry, I'll get, I think I'll do probably, I think um, next Monday, I think what we're going to do, or this coming Monday, I should say. Uh, I think I'm going to recap the Mariners series and do a little special list about what exactly should we be looking forward to in this. If it was kind of like, if this was a regular you know, season, this would be like that August time. That's what it feels like more and where It's like we kind of know everything about the team. There's not much crazy. We know they're going to make the playoffs. There's nothing too much more to learn in terms of how good they're going to be almost. It's kind of the dog days of the season, I guess you could say. So in a lot of ways, it's actually like, not that I don't care about the games. Of course I care about the games. But it's it's less exciting to a degree. Although I do admit tonight's game, I'm really curious to see how Chris Paddock does. So that I will be definitely talking about a lot on Monday. But uh, I've been talking a lot already, guys. Let's get into the sports movie madness kind of bonus episode. There's another bonus episode that I'm going to save probably before the playoffs start. I'm going to play that for you guys. It's about Hoosiers. So it's going to be great. Look forward to that in the future. But anyway, guys, um, hope you're staying golden. And without further ado, here we go.
1: This is... Locked on Red Sox, Locked on Padres, and Locked on New York Rangers continuation of the movie bracket. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, for the past five months or so, John, host of Locked on New York Rangers from our hockey section of the Locked on Podcast Network, Javi, host of Locked on Padres, and I, we made our way through a 64 movie bracket to determine what is the greatest sports movie of all time. But due to some unfortunate seating and just general bad decision making by the people who made this bracket that we found from a random radio station in Lubbock, Texas, some of our favorite movies totally got screwed. And one of them is one of my all time favorite movies, 42 The Story of Jackie Robinson. And due to the aforementioned seating in the first round, Jackie Robinson faced off against Bull Durham, and these boys broke my heart because 42 did not see the second round. So we made a decision after we finished our bracket that we would do specific episodes dedicated to movies that didn't get their full day in the sun. And my movie pick was 42. And then when the star of the movie, Chadwick Boseman, tragically passed away from cancer, The guys and I decided that we were finally going to do our 42 episode that we had been planning for a few months to pay tribute to the incredible Chadwick Boseman and talk about a movie that all three of us really do love and enjoy and appreciate and was the victim to just some bad uh, seating. So let's do this, guys. Let's Let's do it. 42.
2: Yes. What was the movie it lost to? I forgot. Uh It lost to Bull Durham, so 42 Durham. was a 14 seed. Mm. Bull Durham was a 3 seed, and it's crazy because I think Gabrielle, I mean, definitely a fan of Bull Durham, but definitely yeah. was going to vote for 42 there. Um And then me and Javi were both really, really on the fence about which movie to pick, but we both ended yeah. up going with Bull Durham, so Bull Durham advanced. and You know, 42, again, like you said, Gabrielle, just the victim of some unfortunate seeding.
1: I mean, and we're talking about a movie bracket that didn't even have Jerry Maguire on it, like a sports movie bracket that had all the Rocky (laughs) movies, but no Uh, Jerry Maguire. (laughs) So questionable seating from the jump, especially because like Hoosiers was a one seed, obviously had to throw in the Hoosiers dig here that we do every time we talk about this. Hoosiers was the first movie matchup that we talked about, and it was a one seed and none of us liked it. And it lost unanimously. To any given Sunday. So, you know, if you like, we'll we'll post the bracket again so people can see it. But this was just a bad movie bracket. And putting a movie like Bull Durham up against a movie like 42, it's just going to be a tough one from the jump. But throughout the remainder of our bracket series, I was demanding justice for this movie every time we recorded.
0: (laughs) I mean, will you still get that justice for me today? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. I don't know if I'm in, I'm in I'm in. the mood to 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 say you were right. I don't know. I don't know. It depends. I guess the listeners – I'm not saying
1: it's a better movie than Bull this. Durham. I'm just saying it's a really good movie, and mm-hmm. it deserved better than a first-round exit.
0: I rewatched it last night, uh, and I think my thoughts are – I have a lot of similar thoughts, but then some slightly different ones that I think that I brought up the first time. So me I'm really too. excited to talk about this.
1: Yeah, me yeah. too. So I figured we would dive in by talking about the cast – Um, Because this cast is incredible. They have so many special people from all over the industry. And there's also some really interesting connections that I found between these guys. Obviously, we should start off by talking about Chadwick Boseman because Mm -hmm. he was such a magnificent Jackie Robinson. And I think that what I've seen online, the general consensus is that even though a lot of people didn't actually think that the movie was as good as it could be in various ways it was a pretty unanimous consensus that Chadwick Boseman made an excellent Jack Roosevelt Robinson.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah. I feel like that no matter where you came down on with the movie, even if you were like me, who I have a little bit more cynical of a take, a little bit more negative of a take, I guess uh, to use a stronger word, uh, definitely on the movie. But I think that there wasn't a single complaint that Chadwick Boseman wasn't good. I mean, he definitely was uh, pretty great in the movie and, it's really sad. I mean, it was one of those moments this weekend that is definitely reminded me of the the toxic waste dump that is the year twenty twenty. And I just one of the things I thought about was like, yeah, he really did have this Chadwick Boseman. I mean, he really had this like five six year stretch where he just played so many iconic both characters and real life people and real life figures um, from Third grade Marshall obviously to to Black Panther to Chala. Uh, it was it, it was incredible. Like in terms of just a a resume i guess you could say for an actor it's arguable that he might have the most interesting resume of an actor especially at his age uh breaking out onto the scene and this was kind of one of the first ones that i feel like really put him on the map for more
2: casual yeah, movie this was his and, like starring audiences.
1: his first starring yeah. role yeah yeah
2: pretty much it was it was only the third movie he ever appeared in which just blew my mind and, and it's something yeah. that think talked about during the bracket but something that bears repeating here is like i mean that's not exactly just kind of sticking your toe into the water here. I mean, you're diving no. right in. You're like Jackie Robinson. Like, you have to get this right. You have to, no pun intended, you have to knock it out of the park here because if he goes out and has, you know, a poor performance, I mean, it might be kind of hard to recover from that. And you guys saw all the things that he went on to after this. The pressure was on. And I mean, he delivered, you know, he, he was awesome.
1: You know, they said the same thing about Jackie Robinson that if, if he hadn't played well, if he had, not been able to control his temper in the face of all of this awful racism and hatred, you know, it it would have been hard to see more teams integrating as quickly as they did, which was the goal. You know, in the next couple of years, Roy Campanella and Don Newcomb join him. Larry Doby integrates the American League. And all of that starts with Jackie Robinson. And if he hadn't, you know, been the player and professional that he was in such an impossible situation. You don't know if all of that happens as quickly as it does, because he would have proved all of the racists right if he had fought back. And I mean, we'll talk about that iconic Branch Rickey quote later of, you know, saying, I want a guy who is, um, I want a player who's got the guts not to fight back. That's something that Branch Rickey actually said to Jackie Robinson. And you see it in the movie in a very powerful scene where Branch Rickey is, you know, yelling at him to kind of test him to see if Mm -hmm. he can take it. Um, And, you know, the idea of sometimes the most noble thing is to just let it roll off your back. But I mean, I can't imagine how hard that was for Jackie Robinson to, To deal with. Um, And Chadwick Boseman just really, I mean, Jackie Robinson is one of my favorite figures in history. I did book reports about him when I was a kid. I begged my parents to take me to Ebbets Field. And I cried when they told me that Ebbets Field didn't exist anymore. My uncle is a lifelong Brooklyn Dodgers fan. And my grandfather grew up in Brooklyn. And you cannot discount in any way what Jackie Robinson did for sports and for baseball. Um, And it's really hard, I think to, to be the first at anything because no one's come before you. No one's done it. There's no precedent. All eyes are on you and everything you do is analyzed right down to the way you blink your eyes. And Chadwick Boseman really conveys all of that in his performance. And I, I think that because the movie wasn't, I mean, the movie was very successful at the box office, but from a critical standpoint, people had issues with the movie, including, I think a lot of like whitewashing and white savior moments.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But which I'll definitely get um,
1: yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of white savior moments, but, um,
0: but I, I also am excited to do my Branch Ricky voice when the time uh, calls for
1: it. Well, you can do it in a (laughs) a second because we're going to talk about him next. Um, All right. But I I just think think Chadwick Boseman's performance here, obviously, it leads to him getting a ton of um, more incredible roles. And also, I mean, he filmed this and he played uh, James Brown in Get On Up in like the same year. And those two performances could not be more different. And it just shows you – Bozeman's range as an actor that he i mean he play and then he goes on to play third good marshall and he's in black panther obviously and all of the marvel movies he's in even though black panther wasn't his first movie his first movie was a captain america civil war i believe and then um you know then he's in a spike lee movie he's in all of these movies in such a short span and they are all so different from each other And it shows you how incredible of an actor he was. And also, I mean, the fact that we found out, I mean, no, no one knew that he had cancer and we find out that he's had cancer since 2016, which means he's making all of these incredible movies, including high action movies like black Panther while Mm -hmm. battling colon cancer Mm -hmm. and, you know, doing all of this philanthropic stuff for kids who had cancer, just like him. And you're just blown away by how much he gave to the world in the short time that he had. And, the range of gifts that he gave in these various movies. And it's just, mm. I mean, I watched, I watched 42 on Friday night, you know, at one in the morning, cause I couldn't sleep. And mm. I was looking at it through completely different eyes of in three years after this movie comes out, this man's going to have cancer and he's going to go on to do so many more movies and give so much more. And, you know, looking at it through that lens of like, this was the beginning for him but i mean this movie came out in 2013
0: yeah
2: it's only
1: seven years later and now he's gone but he did so much in the time that he had left
0: right and we we like like we've already said before so so i don't want to sound like i'm repeating myself too much but it's it's the roles he played are so iconic and also it's they obviously i mean this always happens of course um when we lose anyone uh, in this world, right? But we we view things differently. And I know that uh, it's not to do with 42, but I don't know if you guys have seen The Five Bloods. Um, his role in that movie is incredibly viewed very, very differently now.
1: That's his Spike yeah, Lee movie I that I was talking yeah,
0: about. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that, uh, I recommend watching The Five Buds for everybody, too, especially because uh, Chadwick Boseman's role in that movie, uh, now that he has passed away, is even more impactful, I think. It is It is a heavy movie, though. This is not 42, everybody, so just so everybody knows. Not 42. It is very dark, very, very messed up, but I think important in a lot of ways, and that's, that's kind of, to come full circle, important. I think is what describes uh, Chadwick Boseman's career and especially his roles throughout all of them. And oop, just a second, everybody, before we continue our very good conversation about 42, I have to talk to you about something very serious. No jokes here, though. Of course, we're talking about uh, erectile dysfunction. It is not easy to talk about this. Let's be honest, guys, and embrace that. It's okay. Usually, we just brush it off, or we, you know, we blame ourselves for things, and we say things like, "Oh, I lost my mojo," "I lost my my jam," you know, whatever, or, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like saying, "You know, I had a long." day of work and there's just so much to do i didn't have time you know sorry honey i'm just not feeling it right but with roman it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication it's simple safe and totally discreet with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction all from the comfort and privacy of your home Especially helpful these days, of course, obviously. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and, of course, and most necessarily discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to Roman.com and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, guys, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. And now, here's the cool part, everybody. Here, let's talk about the deal you'll be getting. Go to GetRoman.com slash MLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of erectile dysfunction treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash MLB.
2: There's there's also an important life lesson here, I think, when you follow his career path because, you know, we talked about how 42 was like his first like smash hit, you know, his first big role where he kind of started turning things head. And if my math is correct, he was 36 in that role. So, I mean, he was yeah. kind of plugging along. I mean, if, if you look at his biography, Like, he did some TV in the early 2000s, but he's just, like, in one episode of Law & Order, one episode of ER, one episode of Cold Case. You get the idea. Um, So he really had to stick with it, and it wasn't until this, at the age of 36, that he finally broke through and finally uh, got the the attention that he deserved, because the guy's a fantastic actor. I mean, at least he is in 42. I haven't seen as many of his other movies as you guys have, but, I mean, you can't say enough about the job he did, and I just think there's an important life lesson there of, you know, just sticking with it, just staying at it, and just believing that eventually you're going to get there, and you're going to break through, and... For him, it took a long time, but man, he broke through in a big way in this role. Absolutely.
1: And you also see how um, how much people did believe in him, even though he wasn't getting these roles until a few years ago, uh, because he was studying acting in college. And Felicia Rashad, who played Claire Huxtable on The Cosby Show, she came, I believe, to teach a class at Howard University, and she was impressed with a young Chadwick Boseman. So apparently people were referring to Chadwick Boseman as the next Denzel Washington.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely the body of work um, thing. I'll be a little bit lazy to just compare to one of the great uh, black actors we've had, just let alone just great actors. We've had a little bit of a, uh, I feel a lazy comparison, but I could see it in the terms of just iconic roles, like the fact that he really just jumped onto the scene. You know what I mean? Uh, and especially with Denzel, you look at earlier in his career too with, with Malcolm X, you know what I mean? Uh is another portrayal yeah. that we got from him. So I could definitely see the cop, although I always get a little suspicious of people when they start doing that. Just to say, just, just throw it out there. Yeah.
1: Well, also because people are inherently different. Um, and and to be clear, I'm mm-hmm. not the one making that comparison. Of course, uh, of course. It was in a CNN article from this morning because then Denzel Washington paid tribute to him in a statement saying he was a gentle soul and a brilliant artist who will stay with us for eternity through his iconic performances over his short yet illustrious career. God bless Chadwick Boseman. So that was Denzel's statement about his passing. But the story is that Felicia Rashad mentors Boseman while teaching at Howard university. Boseman's a student there. Then um, sometime later, a group of Rashad's students had auditioned for and been accepted into the British American Drama Academy's Midsummer program, but the students couldn't afford it. So Felicia Rashad calls a friend of hers and the friend calls them back and Mm -hmm. says, I have the money. And that friend was Denzel Washington. So, you know, decades ago, before anyone knew who Chadwick Boseman was Denzel Washington paid for his tuition to go to this summer program. And he said later, there is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. You know, and it's it's just a really uh, incredible story. But yes, I agree. I mean, we, we need to be careful with these kind of comparisons. And so to clarify, this is a comparison that other people have made. I think that mm-hmm. there is some kind of p- parallelism to them, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they each should stand alone as incredible actors and people. Uh, let's talk about Bran Tricky. Yes. Do you yeah, know uh, who they originally wanted to play Bran Tricky? Because there are two people.
2: Oh. I feel like oh. we talked about this, but I do not remember.
1: They originally I... <laughs> wanted Robert Redford.
2: Okay. Okay. I could see that. And right. they
1: also yeah. considered Jack Nicholson.
0: No, that would have no, been too this much. This movie. No, that would have been no, too no. much, but it would have been fun. It would have been this, fun, by the This think it movie
1: is vastly different if it's Redford or Nicholson. I think with Nicholson, it kind of turns into like a non-villainous
0: joker yeah i know jackie yeah (laughs) i need you another fight back (laughs) like he just probably goes nuts (sighs) and another day we're gonna people (laughs) it's just like 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 he would be saying those things to everybody on the Dodgers. you know that scene with um uh what's his face i forgot his name the actor who, uh, he tells them, you know, he's going to play on this ball club. That whole scene. Uh, like what, the Lea DeRocher.
1: Nick- yeah, DeRocher? Yeah, Lea yeah,
0: Leah DeRocher. Uh, I love that actor. Oh, it's the dude from SVU. He's in there. Like, imagine Nicholson in that scene. He-
1: Christopher Maloney, <laughs> not uh. Yeah, <laughs> he would have been, like, Maloney.
0: growling at everybody. Yeah. Uh, or, oh, you know, you,
1: you picture him the way he is in The Departed when he's sitting at the table. And he's just grinning mm. evilly. And then you yeah. try and put like a pair of round spectacles on him and make him Branch Ricky And it just doesn't work.
0: Oh, man. No. Shout out to Nicholson. That would have been incredible, though. I would I would love to see the alternate universe where Nicholson plays uh, Branch Rickey. Even yeah. if I don't think it would have been better. It just would have been I think so, it makes so, makes a so weird.
1: I think it makes a yeah, weird you, movie out of this. Just too Wait, over just
2: the like, top, you know? Yeah, it's, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, Harrison Ford, because Harrison Ford now, and I think always in a way, Harrison Ford is really good at acting without speaking. And there's an irony to us having a podcast where literally all we do is talking, talking about someone who is so good at acting that they barely have to speak. But if you think about him in Indiana Jones, Star Wars, movies like this, his whole thing is kind of being that aloof guy who is a man Mm -hmm. of few words, and yet everybody wants to talk to him.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, how does he do that right like i don't know every He's role got a thing. Like that. Yeah. it's
1: like ma- it's animal do, magnetism good
2: question how does yeah.
0: he do that
1: I, no one knows but he yeah. he does it. you know i mean he does it less here because and i think that's one of the reasons why they didn't want to give him this role because they didn't want to give him this role because branch ricky is the second arguably harrison ford's playing the second leading man in this movie and yeah. um Branch Ricky is a guy who has to do a lot of talking and that's really not Harrison Ford's thing. So mm-hmm. he fought really hard to get this movie. He immersed himself in the role to the point where he wore prosthetics and he changed his voice, mm-hmm.
0: which is a perfect yeah, opportunity
1: to, for Javi to do yeah. his Branch Ricky.
0: <laughs> no, I
2: want a player with the guts not to fight back. You get oh me? Oh my God.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Wasn't
2: bad, man. That wasn't bad at all. Oh. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's a man of
0: <laughs> moral fiber. He can take it. Yeah, moral fiber. Now I don't know about your upbringing, Leo. <laughs> Who's the guy who oh like my the God. first the first no, racist coach the, guy? Uh, I know. The, I'm the, trying to think the, of who the it was. minor
1: league coach. Yeah. yeah, the
0: minor league coach is like, look, I know you. You were raised in some
1: in, <laughs> in the south. The and he's like he's like you he's like you learn racism at your mother's
2: best yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, when he's like what's what about the line oh, when he's man. like when he's talking to the phillies owner and he's like when you go to heaven and you meet god oh, yeah, and you yeah. tell him you know
0: yeah when you go to heaven and he asks you you better have a more concrete response i forgot what he says there i'm no, forgetting at, some here, of the lines
1: let me look it up yeah um, look it
0: up for me but uh yeah i just love I, you know what i'm gonna do like locked on pirates of the branch ricky voice i feel like i have to do oh that now god. it's just today the pirate He's drink.
1: like when you meet god <laughs> and you tell him that the reason you didn't let ricky play is because he's black it may not be a sufficient answer.
0: Yeah, it may not it may not be a sufficient answer. Oh. <gasps> <That's laughs>
1: oh, oh yeah. my God.
0: So, so, you know, Rob, gets plenty of these letters in you. So sorry, Pee-wee, if a little... Yeah. If someone calling you a carpetbagger...
1: Carpetbagger.
0: Yeah, isn't on the highest list of priorities for me right now.
1: <laughs> oh, here. This is what it is. So Branch Ricky no, says, uh, you think...
0: <laughs>
1: he says you think god likes baseball herb and herb says what what the hell is that supposed to mean and branch ricky <laughs> says it means someday you're gonna meet god and when he inquires as to why you didn't take the field against robinson in philadelphia and you answer that it's because he was i'm gonna say black person instead it may not okay, be yeah. a sufficient reply
2: mm-hmm.
1: i just love that, that because i i mean there's just, I mean, obviously a lot of the finance, there was a huge financial component to Branch Rickey. And I like that the movie doesn't shy away from that. He says money, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um. But I do also like, I mean, they did have a good relationship and Branch Rickey, they were both Methodists and um, they were both religious men, even though that's one of the critiques of the movie is that it takes away the religious aspect of Jackie Robinson's life, Um, you mm-hmm. know, Harrison Ford talks about or Branch Rickey talks about being a Methodist and you know um, all of that kind of, and his religion and stuff like that. But they don't talk about it for Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. I mean Branch Rickey, there should be a movie about Branch Rickey too because yeah. he is a fascinating. I mean he pretty much invents the concept of modern farm systems for Major League Baseball teams. Mm-hmm. He's a deeply religious man. Apparently the worst profanity he ever would say is just, he would shout Judas priest really loudly in his very gruff <laughs> voice. Um, you know, that it, and, 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 that's amazing. That yeah, I, I know not to discount Jackie Robinson, but literally there's no Jackie Robinson without Branch Rickey. Yeah. I mean, they had a thing, all of the teams, um, presidents met to discuss integrating baseball and they all voted against integrating baseball and branch mm-hmm. ricky just goes screw it i'm going to do it anyway mm-hmm. and like no one was happy about it they i mean you see it a little bit in the movie but i just think branch ricky very fascinating character uh and there's books about him obviously but i think a lot of the times they focus on um branch ricky starting with the 1940s when he starts coming up with this and there was this whole elaborate scheme that doesn't that isn't gotten into really in the movie either that I mean, they talk about it a tiny bit. I don't know if you guys caught this, but when he's talking to Jackie Robinson the first time Mm -hmm. and he says, I want to have you come up to the Montreal Royals and then the Brooklyn Dodgers, and he says the white Brooklyn Dodgers, that's because Mm -hmm. his plan was a lot more formulated than people realize. He made this whole facade that he was going to start a black Dodgers team. And that mm-hmm. that's why he was sending his scouts. He sent his scouts to look at black players. And obviously people were going to ask questions. So he came up with this whole elaborate lie that he was going to start a black Brooklyn Dodgers team. And that they were going to do this and that. They even had this committee in New York. And it was like he had made up a fake committee to talk about starting this black baseball league. He literally was saying, I want to start a black baseball league. It was a whole thing, and he makes up this committee, but then people are like, okay, so who's going to be on the committee? And he was forced to actually do the committee. Mm -hmm. That's how elaborate his plan was. And so you don't really get that in the movie, but there is that catch of when he says, I'm going to put you on the white Brooklyn Dodgers. That's kind of uh, referencing the fact that that? Jackie Robinson thought he was being scouted for the black Brooklyn Dodgers. Gotcha. Um, so there's yeah, that. I and realize that just before just before we quickly go over the rest of the cast i just want to say i don't know if you guys knew this branch ricky's real life great-granddaughter has a cameo in the movie
0: hmm. really when She's, Oh, really she
1: is jackie robinson and rachel robinson's kid, baby's babysitter Huh. Ah. her name is her name is kelly in real life and she also appears kelly. as jessica in the pitch perfect movies and she used hmm. to date andy the guy from Workaholics and Pitch Perfect.
0: Oh, I think um, I got you, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, her name is Kelly and she is actually Branch Ricky's real-life great-granddaughter and she's in the movie for, you know, a second uh, as the babysitter.
2: Wow. He hit 350.
1: Very cool. He hit 350. 350. <laughs> um, to quickly run down the list, so Nicole Bihari is Rachel Ism Robinson and she and Chadwick Boseman were actually both in a movie called the express in 2008 but they had no Mm -hmm. scenes together Mm -hmm. okay uh then you have christopher maloney as leo DeRocher, who is also obviously as we mentioned detective stabler from svu and personally my favorite he is gene the very eccentric cook from wet hot american summer
0: yeah you know i've I've missed out on the wet hot american summer kind of uh uh, you love? need to
1: watch it. It's very much your vibe.
0: Right. Yeah. it's yeah. But, every, but people have told me like, oh, this is literally your movie. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Well,
1: yeah. All right. It's, so- it's such a great cast of like crazy random people all coming together. I mean, it was Bradley Cooper's first movie. Amy yeah. Poehler. Just an amazing cast. Uh, then you have Andre Holland as Wendell Smith, the mm. sports writer who is he calls himself Jackie's Boswell or Bosley. Well, uh, Bosley would be um, like Charlie's Angels. Bosley is Charlie's right-hand man with the Angels. But I don't know. Andre Holland plays Wendell Smith. Um, Interesting to note that in the movie, they meet for the first time in Florida when he arrives to train with the Royals. But in reality, Wendell Smith was actually the one who reportedly arranged Robinson's tryout with the Red Sox in 1945, which obviously did not go well and they passed on him and then of course didn't integrate the team until 1959 not great but yeah so that's wendell smith then you have t.r knight as harold parrot branch ricky's faithful sidekick i mean i don't even really know what his job is supposed to be but yeah, honestly uh, right yeah you always
0: have those in these movies these like little side- dorky looking sidekicks they had one at uh glory road too who was weird yeah too. <laughs> Yeah. It, was, it was a glory. Um, road. So maybe that's just a thing to do? I don't know. Very odd.
1: I don't know either. But um he comes from Grey's Anatomy. He was George O'Malley for the first couple seasons. Mm. You know. And then interestingly, James Pickens Jr., who played the chief in the first few seasons of Grey's Anatomy, is also in 42. He's Mr. Brock, the Robinson's host in Florida at the beginning of the movie when they are staying at the house because they can't stay at the hotel. And then continuing the trend of medical dramas, uh, medical shows, John C. McGinley, a.k.a. Dr. Cox from Scrubs, plays the yeah. famous announcer Red Barber. In real life, John C. McGinley is a huge baseball fan, and I think he kind of uh, – he really wanted this role because he's a huge baseball fan.
2: Mm. There you it's go. It's perfect. He I can mean, fit who, in in a timeline like that so easily. Like, you know, he, right. he just, he, everything about him just kind of screams old school – and like you actually believe you're watching an announcer from like a completely different time period. It's fantastic. Yeah. He was perfect for that. Apparently
1: role. he was. Apparently he was totally, um, like begging for this and so amped to do it. It's also crazy because you think about it's the Dodgers pre-Vin Scully.
2: Yeah. Mm. Wow. Jeez, you know? So many connections. Man. And,
1: and and I I just always think of Vin Scully as like having been there since like 1900, but you know obviously that's not true.
0: And that's it for right now of this talk on 42, guys. Actually, guess what? I didn't mention this in the intro. Silly me. Uh, there's going to be a part two for this when we kind of zone in more on the Ben Chapman scene in 42, which is kind of the most infamous, maybe one of the most infamous things to ever happen on a baseball field, I guess you could say. Um, sorry, hiccup me a little bit there. Um that will be coming sometime in the future, and when I post that, I'll, of course, link back to this one. Don't worry. Don't worry. I don't know when exactly it's going to come, but uh, we will have that going up at some point. Maybe when the Padres have another off day, I'll, I'll post that for you guys. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, love talking with Gabrielle and John, as always. Can't wait to do more bonus things, especially, I think, when the offseason starts coming and when we, we take little breaks in between rounds. Like we say when the Padres, obviously, after they sweep whoever they play in the first round, maybe they got to wait a little bit to play the next opponent. That's when I'll try and include stuff like that. Um, And then Monday, of course, talking about the Mariners series and some key points that we'll be coming up with for what to watch for the rest of the season. You won't want to miss that, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, whatever. It's on there. Just, just, just check it out just type it in Locked On Padres you'll find it trust me uh, go to iTunes if you want to review the show give me some five star reviews that would be greatly appreciated and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire Faithful homies take care